Crock Elite, a podcast about no effects. Well, here we are, Eddie French and Red Redmond, back for our normal Monday. We're back to just uh, regular Monday slots now. And uh, anything happened in the last week, Red? Anything? You know, nothing that I can recall of any significance. No, it's been pretty quiet on the old punk rock elite front. <laughs> oh, wait, no, there was that one time. We, we we met up in the real world. That that doesn't happen as often as we'd like. Yes, no, that did happen. And I do believe that we saw a large selections of, of bands that we enjoy, including, I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast have, has heard of No Effects. Oh, yeah, do you know what? I think they're going to go places. We did actually spot them. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they were, um, yeah, they were on. Oh, shit, yeah, they were on in Leeds, their last ever gig in Leeds. We saw that. We watched that happen. We did watch that happen. We watched that. That's the, that's the, uh, the soft launch of the topic of today's <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, normally, we ask what you've been up to this week, but it doesn't matter what else we've been up to this week. It's Everything pales in comparison. The everything else is insignificant. So, uh, yeah, we saw the last we saw the last gig that No Effects will do in Leeds. They had one more in the UK. They had uh, Hatfield, which is that happening the day that we're recording this? I believe that is happening today. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I imagine probably won't be as good as the Leeds one. <laughs> Soz. Um, I don't know, because, I mean, the thing is, right, I've been going to the Leeds Festival in various places for ages, right? Mm-hmm. And they always say, every band always says that Leeds is the better one. Yes, I've heard that. They they Leeds. just, they say it, right? And they've got no reason to lie. So no, absolutely. I, you know, it's like when we do a gig and we go out and go, oh, you're a brilliant audience. Oh, we yeah, always yeah. definitely mean it. Oh, do you know what? Every It's weird. Every audience I play to is incrementally better than the previous one <laughs> that's why comedians, it's funny how that works yeah it's mad isn't it is that's why comedians are always cooler and more tuned into reality the longer they go and the more successful they become <laughs> <laughs> same with bands same with anyone who's paid a huge amount of money to do something that if they were any good they'd be willing to do for free <laughs> so, um, so I think we're, I think that's that's going to do for the intro for the moment. I think we're just going to leap right in, yeah, uh, to I the think episode. That's the best. So, uh, jump on this sting, and we'll be there. So, No Effects' last ever show in Leeds, penultimate show in the UK. Red, did you enjoy it? I had a lovely, lovely day. So did I. Well, thanks so much for listening. We've been punk rockily. <laughs> <laughs> no that would be cheap um yeah it was it was quite the day wasn't it temple newsome in leeds the site of many many um wonderful things uh wonderful uh music events have happened from the v festival through to the uh leeds festival or the carling festival or the tourburg festival whatever it is these days um and uh I, i've heard someone refer to it as slammy d uh, the Slam Dunk Festival. <laughs> Slammy D. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> it's uh, it's up there with Platy Jubes, isn't it? For um, the uh, the Platinum it, Jubilee. Yeah, the inanity of uh, 
abbreviating. Slam dunk is not hard to say. Anyway. Oh, I think I also heard the statty fumes for the state funeral. <laughs> nice. You know uh you know who it was uh you know who it was who came up with platy tubes? No way, who? It was um Kyle and I've forgotten his surname. He plays um he plays Dean in Statlet's Flats, and he plays the husband ah. in the UK version of Ghosts. That actor, he put it. He said, um, uh, "Proper psyched for Liz's platy jubes on Twitter or something." And then, uh, and then, yeah. And apparently, if you search, his is the first example of it. So, yeah, big shout wow. out to him. But Staty Funes um, does sound like the front person of a band that we could have seen. Uh, yeah, at some point. Uh, well, he's in okay. Co-Defendants, right? Yeah, yeah. Stassi Funes is the bass player in Co-Defendants. And there's no <laughs> way of proving that they're not. <laughs> Co-Defendants, we're jumping the gun a bit. Yeah, so um, sure. yeah, you got the... Yeah, you, you, we were there with Sully and uh, Sully O'Sullivan, friend of the podcast, um, previous guest. Go and listen to that episode if you've not already. Um, and uh, his mate, Jez. I uh, didn't catch his surname, but uh, nice to meet you, Jez. Jess Brown. Oh, Jess Brown. There we go. With Jess Brown. Uh, and I think Jess was getting a train the following day down to Hatfield to... Well, I believe Jess did the triple. I think Jess did um, No Effects at Leeds, uh-huh. then Slam Dunk at Hatfield, and is staying over for No Effects at Hatfield. Oh, wow. Okay. I believe. And wow. I, I'd, I heard a few people on the day say they were doing exactly the same. There was quite a few people that were going to both. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It, it, that, that was, uh, there were people definitely with accents that would suggest they live much closer to Hatfield than Leeds, but were mm-hmm. doing, sure. you know, but doing them both. I'm sure there were some people who couldn't make it to the Hatfield one, so had to come to, you know, it, the, it was a broad church of people, not in age, but actually, no that's, <laughs> no, that's not true. There were some people who were defo well old and people, I mean, I, I was going to say there were youngsters there. They were brought by their no effects fan parents, which <laughs> yes, I yeah, did think was much. adorable. I was, uh, I was uh, impressed. What, one thing I will say, though, for, you know, obviously there was um, an older crowd, um, well, you know, like, but very much our age of crowd. Yeah. Um, but one thing I will say is like, even though people were, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, yeah. um, people were, you know, having a lot of fun. Like when I compare yeah. it to, like I saw Jimmy Eat World when they played, um, well, the Leadmill, the, the venue right. I worked for uh, a couple of years ago. And um, the, <laughs> the crowd was like deathly still. Like everybody mm-hmm. was having a good time, but there was no even, like there wasn't even a whiff of a, of a pit or oh, no. anything remotely... Oh, oh well, I mean, there was more than a whiff of a pit for several of the bands. Yeah, um, absolutely. I remember I saw the Hives in two thousand and one or very early two thousand and two, mm-hmm. and um, and the Hives, uh, you know, in their mind, they are a punk rock band. Yeah, um, but to the untrained ear, they sound well. I mean, oh no, to the trained ear, they they're sort of garage sixties rock. Punk yeah, and kind of I suppose they're, some people may accidentally they're like, think they're indie. Yeah, um, they're not like skate punk. They're not like yes. you know they they don't have the fat sound, etc. And that's quite common in uh, the Swedish scene. And so they, when they were playing in Manchester, I think the um, 
the Academy 2, or the smaller one, or mm-hmm. the medium one, um, they brought the Sahara Hot Nights and, oh, my yeah. fa- and my favorite Swedish band, Randy. And what was funny was that it was mainly indie kids all in like black shirts with white ties yeah. joining in. There was one kid there who could only find a red tie and loads of people were like pointing him out and stuff. And I was like, hey, come on, guys. Billy Joe Armstrong's going to rock that shit in a couple of years and you're all going to look really stupid. Um, <laughs> but uh, the funny thing was, is that because it was all indie kids, they were sort of stood there watching like intently trying to learn how to play all of the songs instead of, you know, having a big pit and randy were playing they go so is this how people in england behave at a punk rock show you just stand there staring at us like we're doing something weird what is this come on um <laughs> and uh, i remember thinking oh god these bands think they've come to play a punk show and their audience have turned up going i don't really like punk music it, it was really really interesting anyway sorry bit of a uh, a deviance there but yeah so we got there sort of the 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 music started about half past four yeah, it was in a tent. Slam Dunk had let the Slammy D, uh, S Dogs had let them use their <clears throat> uh, stage. It was like one of the. It was like the big tent rather than the outdoor stage, which yeah. I actually think I preferred. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, d- I actually haven't seen a band on the main stage at Slam Dunk before because whenever I've been to Slam Dunk, I've just been to the Punk and Drublick stage headlined by no effects which is i think kind of their second stage um although it is a similar size to the tent stage that we were in um, yeah and yeah like um i liked the tent i didn't dislike the tent um i i f- tend to favor somewhere where the sound is a little more controllable just from a sure. sonic thing because i mean i saw slayer at leeds one year on the main stage and it's hard for that to sound good because yeah. all it takes is for the wind to be blowing in the wrong direction. And all of a sudden your mix just goes to shit. Yeah. I you mean, know? I've seen some really good tight bands sound like shit in an yeah. open air festival, including oddly Queens of the stone age did not work for me when they played like they did like an afternoon slot download. Hmm. And I don't, maybe it was just, there was something about watching Queens of the stone age in like the glaring sunlight. Um, Maybe. but it, it also sounded not great. Yeah, it's weird. And then, and then sometimes, if you know everything's right, it can sound great. But I, I preferred the uh, and and sonically, the tent seemed to work for pretty much everyone. We'll get onto that. But the sound, the sound overall, I thought was really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, which... let's start with um, start with the Mefs because obviously yeah, they. they they opened and yes. uh like i think a brilliant opener great choice to open absolutely the entire absolutely fantastic show. they are um they're not fat records so they're bottles to the ground the uh sort of sister label or sub label of um fat records for bands that don't fit the fat sound uh which is why their label mates with fishbone oh. of all people um and a few others uh and yeah the the mefs go and see them really do they're really really good a two-piece uh from essex really really good um proper going for it in spite of the fact it was woefully under attended at that point yeah a lot of people as you made uh, a good point on the day you know people will be coming after work there'll be yeah. people that are coming for like you know less than jake and no effects and yeah. aren't that bothered about the daytime bands yeah because um, this was four uh, half past four it started 
And so, you know, I got there at about quarter past three and parked and got into the uh, thing. They weren't letting anyone in until four. And the right. first band started at half past. So it's sort of pretty, pretty close to the wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I know that, and there have been um, a lot of criticisms about um, more so slam dunk than the, the no effects day. But like, my understanding is they've had a lot of logistical issues on site at both um, slam dunks. Um, last night, they sent out um, a, a, a big groveling apology about the length of queues. Um, I will be honest and say their excuse doesn't really wash because no. like, they basically excuse, they said like, oh, we're sorry if you had a problem with queuing for the car park. It's just we didn't expect this many people to like pay on the day. And you're like, but people can pay on the day. So if it is something that yeah. is you have made possible for people to do, yeah. then that is something that you have to factor yeah. into your traffic plans. Yeah, but I mean, I assume they had to allow people to pay on the day because some people will miss it when they're looking to buy their tickets. Yeah. Because I, cause, I mean, I got to the car park really early, drove in, and uh, someone sort of waved me down to the thing. And then someone came up to my car window with a card reader and said, uh, okay, it's £10 for the car park. I said, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not on my ticket because I've paid £6 already. And they're like, yeah. what? what? What do you mean you've paid? Who did you pay? I'm like, when I bought the ticket. And then they got, I mean, basically, there were a lot of volunteers doing yep. work that they hadn't been fully trained on so i wasn't i wasn't upset with them it was just yeah, sort it's, of not irritating. it's not their fault it was the same with um when i was getting the tickets scanned and stuff like that there was one person who knew what they were doing and a load of volunteers with hi my name is pisa on their badges <laughs> volunteer it was really weird and they're sort of um and there was one guy who's sort of clearly trying to remember his training is because he kept saying may i take the phone off you uh, may you take the phone back from me? I'm like, yeah, I'll take my phone back from you. I'll, 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 I'll willingly do that. Cheers. And stuff. So, yeah, it was, um, it was also, a little, little I, bit of a mess. But I, I don't think they really like like checked my parking ticket. Like they looked oh, they at did, it. They didn't, didn't check mine. It. I just said that I'd paid, and they went, "All right." <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you could have easily got away with free parking. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah, but you know. I've spent that six quid now. That's a few paid paydays ago. So, uh, you know, that's lost money as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no wonder I don't have a house. That and all my avocados. But yeah, so anyway, the meths, properly good. Really, really good. Um, how how are you, you with them? You know, like, well, I mean, we'll get into the, how other bands sounded on the day because, mm -hmm. like, not all of it was sadly positive. But, yeah. like, how... Um, and, and I know that we've said the Mephs don't have the fat sound, but the fat sound from her guitar, like how fat her oh, yeah. guitar sounded, um, yeah. it, it was crazy. Like, I mean, like the, the, um, the riffs that she was playing just like really, I don't know, like they just really hit hard. They were, and, like, they were, later you had bands on with up to like three guitarists, yeah. but like hers fucking sang through. Yeah. Enormous. I don't know what it was, some sort of doubler or pitch shifting thing going on with a sort of added bass that I don't know I don't care really because it was just that good um both of them sang yeah and uh and then uh yeah the drums and uh yeah really really <clears throat> fucking good um played as if they were headlining proper absolutely that yeah. kind of thing like I, I always love it when a band's like that also she's got this thing where she she sort of 
when she's not singing, she sort of struts. She stands stands on one side of the stage instead of central, but she sort of struts to the other side of the stage in this sort of stamping march because she's like in full skinhead getup. She's like boots, jeans, braces, and yeah. a, a polo. And so this sort of marching up and down, and she's got this thing where she sort of holds her mouth open, and it looks like she's slightly surprised at herself, which I found very endearing. Um, but yeah, fucking staring down the crowd, really, really good. Also, um, there were, well, not including a perfect government by No Effects, there were two sort of famous songs that were covered over the course of the show, mm-hmm. the whole show, yep. all all six bands whatever uh one of them came from the meths which was uh, a truly inspired cover of breathe by the prodigy it was really fucking great wasn't it she just started playing that riff down 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 and it was just like no yeah. really and it was ah oh, proper 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 impressive so but our, our only criticism being they didn't for some reason do the psycho it's yeah. Insane. yeah, I know. Because I thought we thought we would do, they were going to do that on the second time round. Like the drummer was going to do that bit, and yeah. that would have been so cool. But oh well, maybe, maybe. Still a good cover. It still absolutely works. Uh, still absolutely works. Really, really good. And I think because um, I think they're from very similar place to where Keith Flint might have been from. Yeah, he absolutely. Was Essex I was going to well, say that. Me? Yeah, so, they're both from Essex. Bit of I a hometown believe. hero kind of thing. I know Essex is a region rather than a town, but you know. It's not that big. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, so Meth's absolutely wonderful. I think, um, oh, I should also point out, we technically saw another band that a lot of other people didn't because we saw Zero Cost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the, the great guys from Zero Cost. Uh, John came, and came over themselves. and said, uh, and said uh, are you Eddie and Red? And we said, yes. And I said, oh, really love the podcast. So thank you so much, John. Really appreciate that. It was a lovely thing to do. Zero Cost are a um, band from the, the East Riding, from sort of Hullway. Uh, mm-hmm. So check them out on Bandcamp. I'll put their link in the show notes as well for their Bandcamp. Listen to them, because that was a very nice thing to do. Only thing is, next time, I'd have preferred you to have done it when there are a few more people around to hear it. But that's just my own vanity. <laughs> 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 but yeah, what a what a lovely thing that was. Uh, that really did uh, that, that really did do something for us. So thank you ever so much, John. Very also, very. Also, whilst we are talking about the meths, oh yes, I, I I did embarrass myself later in the day. Oh jeez, yeah, yeah. But, oh, <laughs> so, I should say, oh jazz, yeah. <laughs> so we went to get some food, um, which was you know as expensive as you would imagine festival food to be and yep. as uninspiring as you would imagine festival food to be. Yeah. Um, Re- but as we finished pretty woeful, but yeah, <laughs> as we got our food, we noticed that Jez was in the queue. Um, and we walked down and, um, uh, the meths, uh, both members of the meths were stood in front of Jez in the queue. Hmm. And I, I waved to Jez being like, hi, mate. And, the lead singer of the Mephs waved at me thinking that I waved at her. And then I just walked past her and started talking to our mate Jez. Yeah. And I didn't really notice that had happened until afterwards. I was kind of pretending that it hadn't happened. Yeah. And then, and then I made it real. <laughs> I'm sure like I felt as embarrassed as she did. <laughs> uh, do you know what? It's fine. It's that um she's just done like a big gig and they were awesome. Like yeah, of course yeah. she would expect people to be waving at her. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, quite right too. Um, yeah, so that's a shame. So if the Mefs ever do hear this, uh, we're sorry that that happened. But uh, and, if nothing else, it's a bit like that scene in Alan Partridge where someone runs up to him and goes, are you Alan Partridge? And he goes, yes, I am. We go, yeah, you've dropped your credit card. <laughs> it was uh, must have felt we, a bit like that. I mean, we should potentially reach out to the Mefs. I, be... I, was, I was intending on it. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I was going to work out a time when I don't think they've got any gigs on, so they might not be just ignoring unsolicited social media messages <laughs> um, but yeah absolutely I think uh, I think it would be great uh, because they were wonderful and you know their album was produced by Frank Turner and uh, which is another sort of no effects collaborator connection and you know yeah brilliant um, absolutely so watch this space we, we very rarely mention people that we think we might try to get on the show because if it doesn't happen, that's embarrassing. But, you know, this is a little payback for the embarrassment we might have caused anyone from the MEFs. Absolutely, yeah. Because so they were great we'll... and they deserved, like, they deserved to have a, a great day thinking that they're, you know, like, just one of the best bands in the country because they oh, just yeah. fucking brought it. Absolutely, yeah. Now, uh, if, if they're playing anywhere near you, absolutely go and see them. I, I, find, I find it hard to believe you'd be disappointed unless something dreadful happens. Anyway, um, so, yeah, the MEFs. Wonderful, ten out of ten. Absolutely, yeah, and and I think a perfect choice to start it all off. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of uh, a bit of local, not that local, but you know, national local. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, but again, I suppose there's a thing where I don't know if this is just me in general, or or if other people feel this way a bit. But when a band like No Effects comes to the UK, you sort of always hope they're going to not just rely on local support but bring yes. because because it's a treat for us to have especially post brexit we won't yeah so was, we mentioned it again but uh, you know especially post brexit having sort of us bands come over especially uh, the ones we like you know the, the you know the, the ones that we're we're proper into the punk ones and stuff mm-hmm. that's rarer and rarer it feels so having a, sort of a, a select a slab of them at once is is a real treat. Yeah, absolutely. And I was really impressed by how much you know um, the other bands supported the other bands. So like you would see a lot of um, bandmates from the other artists uh, watching the earlier acts. I mean, oh when yeah, we, from the stage and stuff. Yeah, like, like even when the Mefs were on, we could see uh, El Jefe, we could see Smelly. Yeah. Um, later, Mike. Yep. Um, and and then they would they would pop out for some of the other bands as well. They were they were all watching each other, which was really really nice. Uh, yeah, such a such a cool thing. And I suppose this is where, again, it's a bit like a festival must be a bit like well the Fringe Festival. You, you know, we the uh, Edinburgh Fringe, Red and I have both done it a load. And sometimes it is the only time of the year. It's the whole of August, an arts festival in August. A lot of comedy, a lot of international and uh, whatever art and all this stuff it's remarkable but sometimes it's the only time of the year when you see certain people who you would otherwise hang out with more if we were normal people who had normal jobs and (laughs) didn't you know and didn't spend all of our evenings out doing work essentially yeah so it's um so i think uh i think it must be like that for bands when you move out of your local scene into the national touring scene yeah, 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 absolutely. 
and oh, lovely man. to see you know uh co-defendants who were the second band on the bill like they were they were watching the mefs and just like yeah. being so like visibly supportive to uh, the band yeah. in front of them oh absolutely yeah it was uh it was really really exciting which brings us neatly on to the second band on the day which was the co-defendants yeah absolutely and i i, I like them i, I can't say yeah. as i fully got the co-defendants i don't think i fully understood exactly what they were going for however i will give them benefit of the doubt because i do think they were having some sound issues there was yeah the mix wasn't stunning i've got to say Mm. um i think when you've got sort of when you've got very very fast rap from the uh guitarist slash vocalist i don't know his name i'm afraid um but not sam from get dead uh but the other guy who sometimes plays guitar he has got a large beard that should differentiate him enough um but like clearly good at what he was doing but i couldn't really hear i've heard the record a couple of times a lot on band camp and stuff and it's okay for me uh like it's clearly good for what it is it it, it maybe it will grow on me after a time there are some songs that really stand out that i like a lot um, yeah, and it felt like there was a lot of, I don't know, like uh, the, the songs didn't all gel together for me, but like not necessarily in a bad thing. Like I, I like yeah. it when a band offers a lot of variety in what they do, but yeah. over like a half an hour set, it felt a little bit, um, you, you know, being tugged in all directions. Yeah, um, and but you know, but they were certainly giving it some. Like, there was yeah. nothing, no the, the flawless as far as the sort of musicianship went. Really, yeah. really good. So, yeah, had the mix been a little bit better, there's not, a, a bit sort of less to say. They were a lot more. Um, oh, red, red, you found your new comparing style off of uh, Sam. <laughs> oh yes, of course. Which, what was what was he saying again? What was he was um, essentially just saying? Um, we've got no effects up in this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. We've got less than Jacob like, in, this up in this motherfucker. motherfucker. And it's like so that's, that's how you're going to do next time I compare a gig. I'm just yeah. going to be like, we've got Eddie French up in this motherfucker, and then like the small crowd in I don't know, like in Cottingham, are going to be yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. It'll really G him up. What it is is basically. Comedy has been a bit too placid for too long, so because um, uh, it never looks ridiculous when a comedian behaves like a rock star. You know, I think Andrew Dice Clay has proved that you look sensible and good when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does he even do that anymore? I don't know. He was in that um, film with Lady Gaga where he played her dad, and he was uh, seems like uh, what the world has gained in a boring comedian they lost in uh, quite a reasonable dramatic actor never mind anyway that's uh we're doing a film podcast again i can't believe it uh we'll try <laughs> try not to the, the 12th remake of a star is born uh anyway um, or the second yeah. remake of crazy heart crazy heart oh so the new star is born uh-huh. is just crazy heart starring jeff bridges is this yeah it's just the same film like because Obviously, Star is Born was previously not about a country star. It was about a, a different type of genre of musical yes. artist. And then this time, like, how about we do it about a country star? Mm. But like that had already been done because right. the movie Crazy Heart is essentially the same story. And I think ah. a much better, interesting film. Fair enough. Very possibly. Um, yeah, but there was a sad bit with a garage door. Yeah. 
and that and that man is sometimes the 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 raccoon off of the marvels and there is a great scene where sam elliot reverses a car full of emotion <laughs> you can... it's wow. the best bit in star is born like it's... when he just reverses a car just sad oh yeah Oh, yeah, that is good, isn't it? Isn't it great? Yeah. It's Sam Elliott, though. He's going to steal the scene, isn't he? Fuck it. Yeah. We're doing it again. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, co-defendants. I think it's because I don't really have much to say about co-defendants. And there were people there sort of proper getting into it. A small number yeah. of them, but some people who were properly, properly going for it. Yeah, and I think they are a really, really good uh, band to add to that lineup because obviously... Oh, yeah. You'd had the meths with like this real heavy sound, but just a couple of them on stage. And then to go to what well, I mean, how many do they have like five or six members, uh, co defendants? Three guitarists, bass player, singer, four, drummer. singer, drummer. And then I can only assume that guy stood at the side with the laptop was also throwing in some of the more samplier yeah. sounds. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they were like really good for like the the energy side of it. I think that they introduced a lot of you know um, the scar elements that we're going to hear more and more throughout the yeah. day. Yes, that's true. Yep, yeah, that was uh, that was all pretty good. Um, so no, they, they were definitely a, a good uh, addition to to the lineup. Definitely, I just I'm I'm just not there yet with them. If I ever will be, and I don't know if I will. Mm -hmm. I hope I am, because people who are into them seem to really be getting a lot out of it. So maybe I'll, maybe one day I'll look back on uh, this and uh, kick myself a bit for not already being into them. But we'll find out. I, I do like their whole, like, you know, um, two frontmen thing. I think that yep. works well, and I think they do it well. Yes. Oh, well, they, the, the, the microphones kept on screwing up. So there was some uh, incredibly yeah. uh, fluid microphone swapping between the singers. But you, you know what? Like, like, they took it in their stride. I yeah, mean, like, yeah. I saw Mad Caddies uh, uh, on the Pumpkin Droplet stage at Slam Dunk a couple of years ago. They were having sound issues. But, you know, like, the singer let us fucking know about it. And he had a little bit of a strop on stage. But like co-defendants were just like, okay, let's yeah. fuck it. Okay, this microphone isn't working. On to the next one. <laughs> well, I mean, the singer from the Mad Caddies has gone on to have uh, a few more strops, which is why I've heard so disappointing. Yeah, which is now why the Mad Caddies are that guy and some people who are willing to uh, play on stage with him for money. A little bit more mad, less caddies. Yeah, well, mad. And all the caddies have gone. Real shame as well, because, you know, Mad Caddies are one of my favourite bands on Fat Wreck. Um, oh, they are, yeah. I know on album. Them, but, I, I, you know, he's gone off the deep end with some of his views. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens, I'm afraid. He, he might. Hey, who knows? He might be able to join that uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones um, <laughs> band, the uh, Dickie Barrett's new, um, what are they called, like, the super cool rebel boys who don't need no vaccines or what i can't remember what they're called but um <laughs> yeah maybe he'll join them oh well uh not to worry well uh comeback kid well what do we got to say about comeback kid well we went and got food during comeback kid didn't we <laughs> we did yeah yeah and uh i'm sorry basically it was such a smooth operation this festival the turnaround time was literally 20 minutes between bands. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. It was impressive, actually. It was super impressive, but it basically meant 
there was no feasible way of going and doing something like getting some food or heaven forfend you try and get any merch at the no effects stand fuck me let's talk about that the, <laughs> the, the line at the no effect there was a no effects merch booth specifically for no effects t-shirts because i mm-hmm. assume they've done a bum load of t-shirts for this i'm assuming 40 t-shirts that's my guess yeah of the um, different dates across the world because let's just say when Mike gets an idea in his head, he sticks to it. So the 40 dates, the 40 songs, the 40 whatever, 40 cities, 40 t-shirts to go with it. Because I've seen people showing the different designs. There's one of Fat Mike as the nurse from the Enema of the State Blink-182 album. Oh, no cover. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, the glove and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure cute. <laughs> Yeah, mate. I think I think they were sold in Barcelona. I don't know if they're selling them in the same places or not. If they're right. sort of because you know, Mike's got that vinyl collector thing about him where some things have to be rare and important instead of you know. But anyway, uh, so that's fine. But uh, th- that queue was always longer than the bar and yep. never seemed to get shorter. I mean, it was easily like an hour long queue, wasn't it, to get a t shirt? Oh, safely. Yeah. If if we'd have got there and missed the meths and most of co-defendants, probably all of co-defendants. There's a very good chance. People were getting in and just heading straight to the merch stand. Yeah. I I mean, it looked like there were some people who'd arrived without T-shirts on. Well, and it was also quite easy to miss that there was another merch stand in the far corner of the arena, which was selling the merch of all of the other bands that were on. And there wasn't really a queue there. No, no, not at all. We didn't see one there at all. Um, There was also the Fat Records one where you could buy vinyl, which seemed like a really impractical purchase at an all-day festival. However, there were lockers and stuff, storage places you could, like at a train station or, you know, whatever. So I suppose some people were putting their stuff there. Um, yeah, but yeah, <clears throat> so this is what we all, this is what Greg and I observed Well, Combat Kid were playing. We heard some of them from a bit further away, sounded fine. Can't. Uh, absolutely, yeah, and we're, we're, the, not, the in, we're not here the, to be like, oh, Combat Kid weren't good and that's why we didn't go and see them. It just like, as Eddie said, you know, you kind of have to sacrifice one of the bands on the bill if you want to go and get some food or queue for something. And of the bands in the lineup, we kind of just fancied them the least a little bit because they are quite different. Like, so they are like a proper down the line, hardcore band. Like it's heavy, it's serious. They mean business. And like, I don't know, a a no effects concert. I'm just, I'm more interested in like the silly side of things. Um, And not to say that the Mephs or co-defendants were silly, but like they were certainly playful. I think a punk band doing a cover of a prodigy song yeah shows a layer that yeah sh- shows a layer that there is something else going on and also a lot of her lyrics are sort of quite sarcastic in a sort of rather than being quite sort of po-faced and and down the line yeah there's a, there's a there's a bit more going on whereas again hardcore kid might have some of the wittiest and sort of poetic lyrics who, who did I, say? I think you called them hardcore kid hardcore kid okay sorry <laughs> that was a genuine mistake i uh <laughs> that was funny anyway hardcore kid comeback kid may well have some of the wittiest lyrics or whatever um but i don't know i simply don't know them and of all the bands there they were the 
sadly fairly obvious choice for me simply because I don't have a previous relationship with them. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And I didn't want to pass out from hunger during the band that I'd come to see specifically. Yeah, I you know, I, I just happened to be hungry and I happened to be hungry at that point. Yeah. Um so it, you know, and I wasn't missing Lagwagon no. for love nor money. No, absolutely. Well, the thing is is also all the support bands were doing about half an hour each. Yeah, pretty like quite um short sets relatively. Short sets quite tight uh sound wise uh, uh, time wise. So you know, so there was sort of there was a band on roughly every 50 minutes. Mm, yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. A whole I mean, the set. day didn't drag at all. No, 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 absolutely. It it was uh, it, it was and uh, it was it was wonderful in that sense. So cuz sometimes you can you know, I mean, sometimes, especially like uh, if you get like a big main stage headliner, you can end up with uh, like 50 minutes from this band finishing to this band starting because yeah. they've got to set up their special stuff. And it's like, yeah, all right. OK, but could you get on quicker and do more songs if you weren't setting up your pyrotechnics? But then also, interestingly, it was in the tent at Slam Dunk where during Slam Dunk, what they do is they have two stages on either side of the arena. And then when a band finishes on one side of the tent, the yeah. a, a band immediately starts on the other side of the tent and the, mm. the crowd just kind of switches over. Yeah. They didn't use the second stage, which no. is interesting, but I kind of like, I'm absolutely fine with it, given yeah. like how quick the turnover was in between bands. Well, I imagine that that meant they only had to properly furnish one of the stages. Yeah. Because obviously this was this was a day when Slam Dunk wasn't supposed to be being used or open, and uh, it was interesting because I think you know they didn't use the main stage because I imagine the capacity was probably what a quarter or a third of mm -hmm. what Slam Dunk would have been. I've got I've got no evidence on that, but I'm just looking at the sort of number of people because I mean when when it started there must have been what a thousand people there, barely. Yeah. It was yeah, like it yeah, was yeah. super empty, and you know probably people coming from work or, or you know and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and it started to sort of pick up around the sort of lag end of lag wagon beginning of less than jake was when yeah. it started to fill up um but yeah so let, let's let's <laughs> let's talk about feelings let's talk about lag wagon lag wagon are one of i mean they're they're my second favorite band on the lineup uh, mm -hmm. on the day um one of my favorite bands off of fat wreck um, uh, but you know, I think we've got to be honest here that the sound quality was bad. It was pretty gutting. I've got to say it, you know, I've seen them. That would have been my third time seeing them. And mm -hmm. sadly, um, the, the worst time I've seen them, but purely down to like sound issues, which I don't think are the band's fault at no. all. Really? You could tell they were playing tight. They were playing yeah. like genuinely, they were proper up for it and um you know doing their thing great um it started with what was it uh, alienate mm -hmm. and that was uh yeah that sounded fine yeah uh, and then for whatever reason it just the mix just really went off and we were sort of stood fairly close to the mixing desk as yeah because well. we were getting Shame. a lot of drums we were getting a yeah. lot of bass yeah um the guitar sounded quite thin and then mm. just barely any vocal yeah of any of them yeah yeah 
and yeah, and that was a, a great but shame. We noticed that it got better as the set went on by like their final three songs. They'd kind of worked out the mix a little bit. One, yeah, when they got to May sixteenth, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Um, I always forget the number, but yeah, May sixteenth, um, which was the last one they did. That sounded pretty good, to be fair. So yes, it, it did, did yeah. pick up. Um, and I, <laughs> we observe like. Lagwagon have a certain look about them. Mm. And I, my guess is that they're all really big into Star Wars. <laughs> yes, because there was a bit that sounded like the uh, the Imperial March. Yeah, when he was like testing out the drum kit. Yeah, he's just like, doom, 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 doom. It was like his toms were tuned to the Imperial March notes. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're like, yeah, so maybe they're all just real science fiction types. And I don't know, they have any songs about Asimov's, you know, rules of robotics or maybe not. <laughs> so if you do, if you can confirm or deny Lagwagon's Star Wars fandom, we'd, we'd love to know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just getting big Star Wars fan vibes from them. I, I also found it really confusing that we come to the second cover that wasn't my now effects this evening. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this still. I, I, I think I know how I feel about it. Lagwagon, in their half an hour, chose to devote one of those lengths of time to a cover of Brown Eyed Girl. Yeah, Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl, which I understand now is like, you know, like they've, they've done it in the past. It's, oh, it's, you know... I think it's, yeah, it's, it's fairly early recording or it was a, it was a staple of Lagwagon performances for a long time it's possible that it was one that always went down well in the uk yeah yeah and it might just have been that they're doing the uk favorites i don't know but i thought very It'd be strange. interesting to see what their set list was at like on the other dates of this tour that they've done whether it's the yeah same. i mean the thing is is that i found it i don't know i think it's just because I don't really think it's that great a cover because it's basically the same, just very fast. Yeah. Whereas I don't have that problem with the Mephs doing Breathe because, one, it's sort of... You'd never heard the song like that. Yeah, it's kind of an out there one. It's it's sort of... It's it's just a sort of... I don't know. I don't know. I think the difference is the arrangement of Breathe lends itself to punk rock, whereas... In the Brown Eyed Girl cover, it feels like they're almost fighting against the song, like trying yeah. to like, like strangle hold it into sounding like a punk song. But I don't think it has the chord arrangement of punk music or the rhythm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, it just seemed a little bit strange. It also, I, when uh, I was looking on uh, <clears throat> Instagram yesterday, which is the day after uh, we watched um, this show. And I saw that um, a very much sort of ringer-based Me First and the Gimme Gimmies were playing at the Punk Rock Museum in Las Vegas. And Because normally the drummer from Lagwagon and Joey Cape... Yes, I've seen this are, as well, yeah. ...are key members. And it was just like... It was, it's literally just Spike. Yeah. And I couldn't recognise any of them. I imagine they're all from incredibly prestigious punk bands, but I simply don't know who they were, which I just thought was... Um, that was a bit weird and i'm like were they doing that to try and sort of send some cosmic vibes of, of 
gimme style covers over. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, sadly, there, there isn't really much to say about Lagwagon. They were giving it their all. They were proper enjoying themselves and, you know, letting the audience know how excited they were. You know, there, there were every band was very talkative with the crowd. Yeah. Uh, uh, just about uh, uh, maybe comeback kid. Maybe the hardcore kids weren't, but I don't know. Again, we can't speak to them, but everyone we saw was very vocal about how, um, you know, how honored they were, how excited they were to be a part of this momentous thing, I suppose, which was very, very nice to hear. Um, so, yeah, so uh, anything more on Lagwagon? No, but I, I just want to, I do want to reiterate, they were great. Like, they yes. performed well, they played well. It just yep. didn't sound great, and I don't think that's their fault. It's not their fault, no. It is a shame. Um, and, yeah, disappointing but not for any kind of everyone, everyone. And I'll say this about comeback kid as well, because you could just tell from when you sort of, you know, heard them from afar, everyone was giving their all at this event. Yeah. Including the sound, the people who were doing the sound and, and and all the rest of it. It, Sometimes it doesn't work the way you want it to, but you know, they, they were fixing problems as they came along, all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. Really, really wonderful uh, the way that all worked out. Which brings us to uh, the sort of the main support, I guess, yeah. time-wise. Anyway, um, I think they don't. I think they were put on that time largely because they'd only just arrived in the UK. Ah, uh, okay. Because uh, Roger or Chris from Less Than Jake said something to the effect of, "We're jet lagged and constipated." Right. So uh, I don't know if they'd just landed and then, you know, got zoomed over to uh, to do this or, or what. But um, less than Jake, how do you enjoy him? Uh, so I'm not, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not a, a less than Jake fan. I don't dislike sure. them. I don't hate them. Um, but there's something about them that doesn't like click with me. Like mm-hmm. I am a, a Lagwagon fan, but I wouldn't say I'm a, a less than Jake fan. But I thought they were pretty great. Like yeah. they they performed well. Um, good choice of songs, um, and you know, nice to see like a full brass section. Yep, absolutely. It was uh, I. I like Less Than Jake. I like them probably more as a live band. Yeah, that's um, fair. I'd, I I've not been keeping up with them, so some of their later records might be recorded in a way that is more live. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the songs really do hit live more than they do on record yeah but it's one of those where you see them live and then you go back and you listen to the album and you go and you sort of the the recording gives you the feeling of the live even though you know it's not quite mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing sometimes some some bands are very hard to capture um, yeah but uh as far as enthusiasm and also they just the, the skill you know they the they the performance the everything was really really great so I also it, but... like credit where it's due like because I you know I kind of wanted Lagwagon to do main support but then when Lesson Jake got to their final couple songs they were such like big sing-along anthems that I, yeah. I do have to put my hands up and go okay I can see why their main support and Lagwagon's just that one slot down the bill because of Lagwagon I think May 16 is the only song that just everybody there fucking knows oh it right? went off when they played that that was yeah. that was silly silly crazy yeah 
They but played then, violins. They played Alienate, uh, Brown Eyed mm-hmm. Girl, some others. Razor Burn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Razor Burn. Um, but yeah, like, but then the last couple songs of Less Than Jake, like it, it, it went off. Like everyone was like singing, and it was you know very loud, um, like um, response from the crowd. So I, I do get why they're main support on this. Also, w- which is kind of, kind of actually emphasizes your point. They managed to do that whilst contractually being prevented from playing anything from Hello Rockview. Yes, because they're playing that in full um, at Slam Dunk this weekend. Yeah, that's part of their show is they're doing the whole of Hello Rockview. So they weren't allowed to play anything. They weren't allowed to play, uh, is it all or some of my best friends are metalheads? Mm-hmm. They couldn't play that one. And that's that was sort of everywhere in the UK. You know, they. Um, I think also uh, just, I think Less Than Jake are just more popular in the UK than Lagwagon are. Yeah. I and think, so yeah, having them there means that there'll be less complaining from people who couldn't get there until after work and all the rest of it. So, um, and, and it was notably fuller for less than Jake than it was for Lagwagon. Um, yeah. Not really a lot to say, but yeah, really a great performance. They were having a great time and I always love to see that. Uh, yeah. Gainesville rock city, which they opened with. I really, really like that song anyway. And, um, that was uh yeah really really good it was all it was all sort of um johnny questings were sellouts it was all the high they did um oh and science of selling yourself short which uh is really really good um so yeah they 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 big tick in the box there that's the thing is that none of the bands we saw were even came close to being bad yeah they were all great yeah some of them plagued by some problems very few of them to do with the actual band themselves. Really, really impressive. Which brings us, we've been recording for 50 minutes and we've just <laughs> got to, but that, I think this is important. You know, this, this, this wasn't just, this was an, an it's, event. It's it, wasn't, day. it wasn't just a no effect show. It was a full event. Yeah. Sort of all going towards the celebration of no effects. Absolutely. And they, they, they played as well. Um, so yeah, they they came on, they came on to the time warp, which uh, oh man, that was so good, wasn't it? They just did a little sing along to time warp. They were doing. I, the I didn't dances. know it's what I needed in my life, but I needed it. Yeah, absolutely. They they were doing the dance steps. They were all you know. They were going for it. It was, it was, uh, it was properly good fun. And um, yeah, well, it must have been about two hours they did. Inclu- including their piss break. Yeah, if your piss smells like cocaine. <laughs> I think they did genuinely do a piss break. I think they might have done do a piss break, actually, yeah. But, I uh... think Mike did cocaine before the show. Oh, well, yeah, obviously he did cocaine before the show. Which um, <laughs> he made comments of during the show. Well, you've not heard this from me, but uh, apparently someone who... Uh, I was <laughs> talking to a friend of mine, uh, a music industry insider who said that there are people high up at Slam Dunk in the organization process who are devotees of cocaine. Oh, okay. And as such, would be able, or certainly have been, who would, who would, who would potentially be able to source some of that should anyone... <coughs> Pardon me. And sneezing like that in the middle of that sentence, I understand, does not... <laughs> look good on me right now um 
Mind you, if you've been listening to this conversation between Red and I go, well, at least one of them's definitely on cocaine. Then I don't think you know what cocaine is. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, um, it was, uh, they seemed, I mean, I know some of them are, but I, they seemed to be very sober. Yeah. Or yeah, not, yeah. Not, um, not hedonistically indulging enough to appear it, which is... Potentially great. not drinking, but you know, maybe a line or two. I think I think Mike did point out that he was drinking vodka. Oh, okay. But uh, he had a pint glass uh, with a straw, but he didn't drink a lot from it. But they just didn't seem intoxicated, and I, I have seen them intoxicated at previous gigs. I mean, yeah. uh, listening to um, They've Actually Gotten Worse Live, I mean, <laughs> you can tell that they're like quite fucked up. And again, and then... I think it's mainly Mike. Yeah, that's true. Um, because obviously Smelly sober since what ninety two. Yeah. Um, but Melvin never appears to give off anything more than like just a joint, a joint an hour ago kind of vibe. Yeah. Hefe, whatever Hefe's on, he's he's just Hefe. He's just you know he's just always going to be doing his um, doing his shtick, which was which was great. Um. And yeah, absolutely wonderful. So yeah, so they they came on, came on to the time warp, and uh, yeah, they did. My, what I liked was they didn't do all of Punk and Drublick or all of Wolves in Wolves Clothing. They did most of the stuff from yeah, all, all mixed together as well. I was expecting it in order because um, yeah. I hadn't been checking the set list, which I know that you had been. I've been I've been seeing them. I didn't sort of go, my <laughs> the. Punk Rock Elite Instagram account algorithm just shows me the NoFX crew stuff mainly, very mm-hmm. rarely anything else. So, uh, you know, set lists and stuff like that do do come up. Uh, do follow us on there, by the way. We're not on Twitter because, come on, um, not doing that to ourselves. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't think they like to repeat stuff or the same order anyway. So... And I think I think it worked better that way because you sort of it was kind of exciting because you knew that these particular songs were coming. Yeah, but you didn't know when because I think there was because um, mm. I think they finished Dying Degree. They played the Quas and Dying Degree in the way they come on the album, which is sort of blending into one another. Yes, and yeah. I think the song after that is Don't Call Me White, and they didn't play it's that Franco on American. They did Franco on American after Dying Degree. Yes, they did. But um, um, but on the on Punk and Drublick, I oh, think right, it goes sure, yeah. into Don't Call Me White. Yes, yeah. I think. Um, and and it didn't. But because I just said Dying Degree, of the Quas and Dying Degree, I was ready to hear Don't Call Me. And they wound it, wound it, wound it, got that and instead. Wasn't Great. expecting two songs off Coaster back to back. Oh, yeah. Well, they always do uh, that one in in Leeds because they oh, get yeah, because the of, Leeds uh, a week. The Glen intro, Gary, Glen, from... Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Yes, intro. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I saw them at Leeds Festival do that, and Mike got really excited. Go, oh, wait, 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 we can do this one properly. We can do this one properly. The Leeds a week. Yeah, the Leeds uh, a week. You're, you're a week. Yeah. Um, so that was that was fun. And that, what was the other one they did? Was it the quit? No. No, they did Franco on American into We Call It America. Yes. 
which is the one that has the lead. Franco on American is on uh, War on Error, is No, we called it America is the, the opening track to Coaster. Yes, Franco on American is... Oh, sorry. I'm mishearing you. You are. Uh, <laughs> Franco on American is uh, War on Errorism. So yeah, you're right. Other? Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, I think there's only one on Coaster. Oh, I can't remember. You know, no, yeah, but... you are completely right. Like, I, I don't know what my brain decided that Franco on America was on Coaster, but it's very much they, not. I think they just did two America songs, but they did... That's, um... that's why, like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's something about, like, the George Bush era of no effects, which bleeds into Coaster, and it... <laughs> Oh yeah, there, there's a little bit. It, it bleeds into coaster, and then he forgets it by the time he goes does first call. He's yeah. Like, hey guys, I drink booze now. It's like, yeah, yeah. We, we know, love. We know. Hey, look at this. It's a pill of ecstasy drug. I eat these all the time. Thanks. I'm like, yep. I take all of these pharmaceuticals. That'll come back to bite you. Anyway, um, fuck day six, right, guys? Um, so, um, yeah, I mean. Firstly, Kent, the um, manager slash sound guy, what a fucking wizard. They sounded yeah. incredible. Yeah, they did. Such a beautiful, beautiful mix. It was just, everything was just clear as crystal. It was gorgeous. To, to the point where you're like, did they sabotage the earlier bill? <laughs> they just didn't have Kent. That was it. They just, they, they just, you know, whatever it was. They might have sabotaged. That would have been funny. Um <laughs> But yeah, they um, they that was brilliant. Um, the secret source that No Effects has been missing all these years, Karina Danike. I know we're biased. Yeah. I certainly am. But fuck, she elevated that band something chronic, right? She really brings something to the band that just isn't there without her. Yeah, absolutely. The the harmonies and uh, uh, keyboard stuff as well. Absolutely, you know, vital for some of it, but just everything she's and they use her quite sparingly i would i would have been much yeah. more i imagine i wouldn't have been able to resist you know just going oh maybe karina should do some singing about them. but when she came in she was brilliant oh i mean highlight for me tears in my eyes when she did laurie myers yeah man absolutely absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. so good and um, massive, massive fan favorite. So many people love that song because when it started with no fanfare, it just click, 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 started in. The crowd went off. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Like up there with like how they went for linoleum. Yeah, it was, Such a, a, it was a big massive one. response. Really, really good. And um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. It was. Um, and I mean, you know, to, I mean, such a strong start, you, like 60% to stick it in my eye, to see in double at the triple rock, to leave it alone, to perfect government. I mean, the first five tracks are just all yeah. fucking go, go, go. Have you got go, the go, set go. list up? Have you, got the set, have you got the set list up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's that from? Uh, set list FM. Oh, wicked. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm is gonna... a great website if you ever want to find out the set lists of your favorite bands as they are touring. They It's like a, a user-updated uh, website where they just up, update all of the um, the set lists. And uh, yeah, it's you know they did 37 songs on the night. 37. Uh, okay, let's have a look here. Yep. 
Oh, the um, <laughs> they've also put in the uh, we march to the beat of indifferent drum reggae style, like on Actually Gotten Worse Live. My my preferred version. Yeah, I think it's my preferred version as well. Because you know it, ha- you know it, it goes heavy. It does, but I, I think it's Hefe sings it, which is really really good. Um, and it's and again, it just sort of it differentiates it a little bit more. It makes it a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, seventy two hookers, great. Sorry, sorry, we are the union. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a good song. Um, yeah, then they did one off of single album. Yeah, I didn't know if they'd actually done anything off a uh, single album or double album. But yeah, you're I love right, you more do... than I hate me. Yeah. Not my favorite one off of it, but it's all right. But look again, I I think that if they'd purely done what was expected of them or what people wanted, I'd have. I think they wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. So, you know. Um. Yeah, the cause, which he said was bad. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? He said, like, no one likes this song, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, it's the I mean, cause. We, we like be... the cause, but I, I get what you mean. You know, like, it's not a standout favourite of anyone's. No, but then they played Fleas as if that was a good song. <laughs> Weird. Well, there's a few songs on here, which, I mean, I don't even really fully remember hearing. I, uh, um, I, don't, I don't really remember Punk Guy. Um... Yeah, Fleas, as you mentioned. Um, Benny got blowed up. I don't really remember that. Um, the Man I Killed. I remember that one. I remember, yep. I think, I remember all of these. Idiots Are Taking Over was great. Yes. And Mike, Mike I, was I, very concerned. We were saying, like, what songs do you think that aren't on the two albums that they've de- they're definitely going to play, which is Wolf in Wolves Clothing and Punk and Drublick. Hmm. And um, Idiots Are Taking Over was, was, was one of my guesses because they just always, I've, I've always. I think every time I've seen them live, they've played it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they uh, they didn't play Bob, which I thought they would yeah. have done. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I thought we, I really thought we were going to get all out of angst. Yes, shame we didn't really, but uh, you know that's how it goes. But I think they, I think they were being sparing with <clears throat> songs that they would be playing in Hatfield, knowing yes. that there'd be plenty of people going there who were also at Leeds, so... Yeah, because we didn't even, like, get, like, Eat the Meek or anything. No, again, I I think that's why um, there's some other things, you know, more reggae versions of that kind of thing would be on. But, yeah, uh, Laurie Myers, Scavenger Type and Linoleum. Uh, Scavenger Type. Linoleum closing the first half. Yes, and it even says on Settlist FM here, Linoleum, band took a five-minute... Piss break. Yeah, in, in air uh, quotes. In quotation marks there, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, then we got to uh, the one that we knew Sully would go off for. Open the fir- the second section with Leaving Jesus Land. Absolutely. And I think Leaving Jesus Land, I mean, there's a few highlights here, but, I mean, Leaving Jesus Land was one of mine. I think it was a great song to start the second half with. But yeah. are there any, like, what are your highlights from the first half? Oh, that's oh, that's a good idea, Laurie Myers. Yeah, Laurie sure. Myers was amazing. Stick it in my eye. I quite like the Marxist Brothers. Yeah, that was good too. I like the Marxist Brothers well, because during the Marxist Brothers, we had the realization of what we should have called the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. The revolution um, is going to be a podcast. 
Yeah. Which we sang together, and then you just went, fuck! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. I'd forgotten about that. Oh, no. However, <laughs> I still think that Punk Rock Elite is a better name for the podcast, because eventually, you know, we might spread our wings into other areas of, you know, similar music. Um, we might do an episode on Rancid or Bad Religion yeah. or or other things like that. And I think the name th- we've yeah. got is a little bit more malleable. I think so, yeah. I think the um, I think the format of uh, Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman <laughs> sort of thing, which was exclusively a Batman podcast and uh, then started just being about general nerd shit slowly sort of turned into that over time uh and then they changed it to fat man beyond uh that's clever yeah because uh it would it'd been ages since they took they spent you know episodes talking about marvel um you know um uh, game of thrones uh, you know everything because there was no batman or dc news so they was like yeah, let's just change it and turn it into another thing and i sort of felt that with this podcast being about essentially one thing that encompasses a lot of things, but being yes. about one thing, it's kind of narrow for all of our interests. And, um, and so, yeah, one day this will be general punk rock stuff, but I think, uh, using no effects as a prism to talk about general U S and nineties punk nineties onwards punk is a pretty good place to start. But yeah, yeah. The Marxist brothers was really, really good. Um, 72 Hookers was really good as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Franco on American, you know, it's probably the only song here which I confidently know the words to, like mm. all of them. Um, yeah, I mean, like that was great. And I didn't expect Franco on American for some reason. I'd like, you know, it's, it is one of my favorite no effects tracks. I love to hear it live. Mm. But I just, I just, for some reason, I just didn't think they would play that. I. I thought they would do just because I think the video got a lot of play on like Kerrang TV and right, stuff like that. sure. And so I think the sort of the more popular ones. Again, yeah, again, I was sort of surprised that they didn't play Bob because that I wasn't gutted because I like Bob just fine, but it is like a big thing. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so um. So that was the first section. So they did, yeah, they did twenty-one songs without without doing a piss. <laughs> so aren't they clever? Um, beg your pardon. Some good chat in between. Yeah, some really good chat. Um, uh, you know, f- funny stuff, particularly from the start. I, my, I, um, I didn't feel there was as much interaction specifically between Hefe and Mike as I have seen in previous shows. No. It it appeared not. Um, there was no, no, there wasn't. I don't know if that's. I, I don't know if 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 I should read into that. You know, like you know, sometimes there just isn't. You know, sometimes. Oh, I mean, there's no my, reason for that. But my initial, my knee jerk reaction was to think maybe it's because they've got a show to be getting on with. Yeah. Like they've got two albums and change to be yeah. doing. And maybe maybe the um maybe the, the messing around and the you know the interaction between each other well, I, stems I didn't from a see thing them where like, you know, like um 
I would see Mike go over and play with Melvin a lot and Hefe go over and play with Melvin and both of them, you know, like sort of like play towards Smelly and whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't see as much Mike and Hefe like bonding on stage. And I, I don't know if I should read into that or not. I don't know. Often Hefe would have been playing a guitar solo and I don't know if yeah. he just doesn't respond when Mike goes over to him when he's playing a solo because he's, he's a bit of a muso and he? he likes to get likes to get it right and i don't know again they were hugging and stuff by the end i don't think it was a uh yeah you're right yeah it was i mean sort of i always think of their interactions as being quite verbal yes and i think that maybe they just knew they didn't really have the time because sometimes you know they do more talking than music because they were kind of bored Mm -hmm. (laughs) whereas with this i think there's sort of a renewed vigor because again, they're they're like practicing. They're they you know they're they're getting this stuff nailed down. They're doing like rehearsals before each show. They're going to rehearsal studios in the cities that they're playing, mm-hmm. and um, and working on stuff. And I don't know if that's something that maybe Hefe was like looking for in the band a little bit, being a uh, the most professional music. They're all professional musicians. They play music for a living. You know what I mean? But being the most sort of, because he went to school for it and stuff, you know, he went to college for music. And so maybe that's a little bit more satisfying in a way. I don't know. I'm, this is pure speculation. I don't want to speculate on that. But it's something to, you know, worth thinking about, I guess. But So uh, after the band had had a nice big piss together, I don't know. Yes. Uh, started off with, oh, leaving Jesus Land. That was, uh, that was quite a moment. You might have seen it on social media. There was someone at uh, the Leeds gig dressed as Jesus. Yeah, and I, I said, like I clocked him earlier in the day, and I said, he's going to have a lot of fun during leaving Jesus Land. Well, yeah, I think because there, there was pretty much a guarantee that it would be played. Yes, I think so, yeah. So, um, you know. Up on the uh, yeah, up on someone's shoulders, and uh, yes, was pointed out and enjoyed by uh, every member of the band. I think I, I listened to Wolves in Wolves Clothing on the way to the gig, and mm. uh, Leaving Jesus Land was just stuck in my head all all, all morning, all afternoon. Mm. Yeah, so like I was pretty made up hearing that live finally. Oh yeah, no, it, it cleared out the brainworm. But yeah, it's um, actually since Sully mentioned it, it's been one that sort of does recur in the head, and it is the Mel Yell. It was just so good. Yeah. In fact, I think Fat Mike even pointed out the Mel Yell in that. And and there were a few great Mel Yells like throughout. I know, obviously, in Idiots are taking over, but like yeah. it was, it's a little bit of a highlight. You know, it's something I'm going to sorely miss. Yes, and also the. Um, uh, Melvin doing the verse vocals in Sticking in My Eye, mm-hmm. which is how it should have been. Yes, of course. You know, when, when that started happening live, I was like, why was this not on the record? And I think, you know, you, it's just what you learn, isn't it? But yeah, um, great stuff from there. Uh, what's the matter with parents today? Uh, the only uh, appearance from Pump Up the Valum, I think. No dinosaurs will die. No, no dinosaurs will die. No separation of church and skate, which were my two guesses for what would appear. I wasn't sure about church and skate, but I did think that we would get dinosaurs will die because yeah. it's um, 
oh well you know you don't get everything you want but i was mm-hmm. i was more surprised than i was upset but yeah weird but yeah, yeah definitely an, an odd choice i will be uh brutally honest and say mm-hmm. i did prefer the first half to the second half not that i didn't enjoy the second half i had yeah. a great time i think the um a few aside the um Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't that bothered about the first half of the second section, but but when it got to Mattersville onwards, sure, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty great. Yeah, that is pretty great. Yeah. Oh, I beg your pardon. There was something. There was bottles to the ground. That was also on Valum. But we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah, actually, getting high on the down low, I like a lot. Although it does yeah. sound a lot like their song. I'm a huge fan of Bad Religion. <laughs> Don't know if you've heard that song. I haven't, no. It's very good. It's a song about uh, Fat Mike being a big fan of Bad Religion, but it does sound a bit like getting high on the down low. But uh, I like that one. Wolves and Wolves Clothing was very good. Yeah, I I just feel like they really packed the first half with like big songs, and then the second half there's just a lot of album tracks. and It wasn't spread out, was it? Yeah, I guess. And they played Instant Classic as well, which I think is stupid, but... Whatever. I mean, you know, it's fine, but it's kind of half a song, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, that's the thing is that Instant Classic and Punk Guy would have fitted in very nicely in one of their eight songs in six minutes or whatever. Yes, which they didn't do here. They didn't do one of those, did they? No, they didn't. Um, and, you know, that, but, you know, again... Who are we to question? But it just it just seemed like a sort of a strange thing to do. They did include My Heart is Yearning. Yeah, which we, I mean, we were certain was not going to make an appearance here because we know that not every song off of Punk and Droblick and Wolf and Wolf's Clothing is going to get played. Yes. And we just kind of assumed that My Heart is Yearning would be first off the list. Yeah. It says at the bottom of here, there was a note that Jeff Wears Birkenstocks was on the yes. set list but not played. So um, and I, I think that goes to what you were saying about them being tight for time. Um, you know, like they clearly knocked one off of the set list because they just didn't have time. Yes. Um, Drugs are good. Yeah. From the How Effects. It's actually not an EP I've listened to yet. Uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's not one of my favorites. It's okay. Um, Because our our next episode may be on that and the kids. um, Fuck the kids, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that I think the next uh, or the next um, album or the next um, yeah thing that we because I I don't think we've uh, as of now I don't think we've released Punk and Droblick or Heavy Passing Zoo. Oh, okay. all the lives. So um, so much to look forward to. I know. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 quite far ahead of ourselves, but I could be wrong. Um, so. Um, but yeah, I think we will be doing those as a as a bridge between heavy petting zero and so long. I to be fair though, I did actually think my heart is yearning sounded pretty good, and I was pretty happy to have Hefe vocals for for something. Yes, no, it did it did sound it did sound good, um, and uh, it had um, yeah Karina playing like the steel drum things on the keyboard, and mm-hmm. yeah. It was it was actually better than I'd anticipated. And it's also it, it's just a, a little palate cleanser. So it's not just 
you know punk rock all the time you need a you need a bit of a palate cleanser and that's what's great about a band like no effects is that they can do that kind of thing um 100 times fuckier was uh, i, I quite like that, that one i thought that was pretty good and they had um i've forgotten his surname but john the uh sort of extra guitarist that um oh from goldfinger yes yes the guy from goldfinger <clears throat> pardon me he was brilliant yeah, he played the uh, he played the guitar riff on that. Like he was fucking like a really good stand-in. Like yep. really, really good. Uh, he was having a lot of fun. Yeah. He was playing it note perfect. I don't know, Beautiful. man. Like, um, really, really good choice of a second guitarist or third guitarist. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and then we hit the uh, the last what six songs. Yeah. And I think this was just essentially flawless. Yeah, for me. I, yeah, I, 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 you know, um, I, and you know, I'm going to be in the minority on this. I, I've never really enjoyed how No Effects end a set. Like, uh, I always want an encore from No Effects, and yeah. they, I've never seen them do one. I don't. I, I get the feeling it's just something they don't do. I have a bootleg of a gig they did in Edinburgh in. What must be 1993. Oh, wow. And I bought it from Aflex Palace in Manchester when I was at university. And they do a thing where um, they finish, or they pretend to finish their set. Mike takes his bass off, puts it down, and immediately picks it back up again and goes, Oh, look, we're back. <laughs> and then. And I think they, and I think even that joke wore thin after a while. So they just, they just play and then go, yeah, we're done now. Because I kind of want what I would like No Effects to do. And man, they don't need to listen to me. Who am I? <laughs> but like, I w- kind of want them to, you know, bring things down. So like, do a little bit of you know Mattersville theme from a No Effects album, Rico, and sort of like you know mellow it, leave, and then an encore of something like Don- Dinosaurs Will Die. Just Mm. Like I, I'd kind of like it to end on, on something a bit punchier. But every time I've seen them, they've tended to end a gig like this. I think they like shambolic. Yeah, they um, like it to kind of wither away. Yeah, like, yeah. No big finish. It just sort of. Well, it always ends on Eric Melvin with an accordion. Yes, it does. Well, we're not there yet. No, we're not. Um, but yeah, Massesville, uh, very, very nice. Uh, Mike seemed genuinely sad that Mattersville won't happen because he lives in Las Vegas now. Yeah, they did like a little bit, like he's moved to Las Vegas, Melvin's moved to San Diego, even though they used to live just down the road from each other. Yeah, and and like this is where like genuine emotion started coming out. Yeah. This is, <clears throat> and it was very genuine and it was very moving, but all of them were sort of visibly saddened. I also get the feeling that because I know Eric, uh, like Melvin started getting a little bit emotional around this point. Mm. But I also get the feeling that they were just very aware of their time because they, I think they were about to do like quite an emotional, you know, like sad bit. Mm. But then I get the feeling that they realized they just had to kind of crack on with the last few songs if they wanted to make curfew. Yes, and also Melvin had to. Uh, Melvin was DJing as the Melvinator in the wardrobe in Leeds. Which yeah, like, have, and he would have only had like an hour to get to that show at most. 
Yeah. And that wouldn't have been an easy one. No. Um, so, yeah. Um, but but yes, I guess, I'm... you know, like the the audience are in that crowd as well. And I mean, they're not getting out that car park for another hour. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it It seems very weird. I think it was only like, the VIPs who'd have been able to have got there. Yeah. Um, yes, that did seem, uh, that did seem an implausible uh, arrangement. Um, but it was, it was Melvin a DJ set rather than his actual performance. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm not sad that I missed it. I, I, it would have been nice if I could have maybe met them, but you know, we don't always get what we want in life. Because our friend Sully who was yeah. down the front with Jez, did get a photo with Eric Melvin. That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I'm delighted that they did. It, it was a very, very good photo. Uh, <laughs> what, but yeah. One bit of advice I would give to you if you're, if you're ever watching a band in uh, the main tent at Slam Dunk is uh, the, the, the floor is quite concave in parts. It, it's not a very flat, um floor that you're all watching the gig on so some parts are sunken lower some parts are slightly raised yeah so like um my advice would be to find a good position that's slightly on like a bit more of a raised part of the ground because a lot a lot of the gig i was like on my tiptoes and yeah that's true and, um, you know i'm six foot like i'm not tiny but no um, no it was tough to see the stage at points it was yeah it was occasionally and uh yeah people would move and you know stuff like that in the way sure. there was there was a guy in front of us who was clearly um punk and troublic for life oh yeah and um he just kept shouting rico yeah he, did. he just kept shouting it <laughs> and then and then we saw and we were aware of this and we didn't know whether he was but when melvin and mike swap instruments it's to play rico yes and they've done that for a very long time because the bass line it's difficult to play the bass part and sing it yep and uh and so we just looked at each other and went oh this guy you said to me this yeah. guy's gonna lose gonna his lose shit, shit. And... it's quite funny as it actually was a couple bars into the song before he even realized yeah yeah <laughs> he'd got himself into that kind of a state it was um yeah it was pretty great um, you know what I, w- I will say for like the crowd and the general vibe on the day Man, mm-hmm. it was such. People were having fun. Like it was such a happy vibe. There was no oh, yeah. like, I don't know, very very few cunts. It was just everyone was like really up for having a fun time and helping yeah. other people have a fun time. It was yeah. Really nice. I saw people falling in the pit. They were picked back up. It was real. It was real. What you'd want it to be. It was yeah, it, yeah really really good. There was there weren't any sort of major casualties there was a guy who you got into one of the big wheelie bins oh yeah he did that that himself yeah yeah he did that himself for fun um (laughs) it was a it was a little bit the guy at the office party with his tie tied around his head yeah this kid just jumping in a dumpster guys guys take a photo take a photo kid he was older than me he was oh, like was 50. He? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like 50 or something. Yeah, it was like, it was a real David Brent move, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that was, if, if it had been like a 20-year-old, I'd have been like, cool, that's probably new to them. It reminds but... me of the bit from The Office when he's like, uh, he's thrown a kettle over a pub. What have you done? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was absolutely that. But, you know, but, but at least he was throwing himself into the 
the the bin rather than some. So you know, like no complaints. Just uh, just thought it was funny. So yeah, no, the 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 general vibe was one of real celebration and um, and yeah, very very excited mood. There was no one. No one was trying to outdo anyone. Not that we witnessed anyway. No, 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 no. It was just it was... really, really nice communal vibe. Yeah, and I think the band helped foster that. Yeah. And in fact, all the bands did. There was a real feeling like everyone said, it's amazing to be here to help sort of essentially say goodbye to no effects. And that's... It was just a lovely day. I just didn't get the vibe that anybody was having a real rough time. No. And I, you know, I've, you know, I've been to plenty of festivals. There's normally yeah. plenty of people about who are having an awful day. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think anyone would. I th- it's weird. I think that a lot of people were trying hard to remember it. Yeah, because yes. there wasn't going to be another one. Maybe well, that's I may, it. Um, a thing that I do, you know, because I think it's so easy to. Oh, I need a photo of this like all the time. Like I normally just take one or two photos like when a band starts and then I put Mm. my phone away and that seemed to be like what a lot of people were doing like there wasn't a lot of you know like I go to live gigs a lot and sometimes it's just like a sea of mobile phones in front of you Um, but that wasn't the case at this one obviously every now and then people would like put their phone up record a few seconds of linoleum or whatever for for the for the 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 more popular songs for things like linoleum and I did it for I I took uh, photos during Laurie Myers when yeah. Karina was singing and stuff because it was nice to have a photo of her out from behind the keyboard. Yeah. In, you know, no, in the... Such a good job. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. And, you know, listeners, if you've not listened to our interview with Karina, um, oh, yeah. do, do so because it was, you know, it was a really fun episode to do. It's the most recent episode um, before this one. So, yeah, really, really good. We, we, we arranged it so that we would put that one out just before we went to the the show yeah because we talked about it sort of specifically a bit more and and we knew that we would record this episode we're recording this the day before it goes out so that if you're listening to this on the day of release we recorded this yesterday Mm -hmm. so uh yeah but yeah and so i like that and then i also i thought i'm gonna catch a little bit of video so i caught a little bit of don't call don't call me white yeah um just because and it sounds amazing on my phone i'm like how does it sound this good that's insane it shouldn't do but yeah that's just how good the mix was um even on a sort of a fairly low-end um motorola smartphone so you know that's but i thought i'm just going to grab a little snip of this yeah but i did spend most of the time with my phone in my pocket and most people did i think it was a really in the moment kind of thing but yeah obviously whenever anyone's favorite song came up they'd grab some footage of it or record it for their mate or whatever but not not like you sort of would expect interesting i'm going to ask my friend owen about that because um that evening owen was uh watching pulp in bridlington sure and uh and we we sort of we are we compared notes afterwards because we both like no effects and pulp yeah, uh, yeah. I just I just like no effects a lot more. Uh, he likes pulp a lot more. So I you work know. at the Lead Mill, which is the venue where Pulp did their first ever live show. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, and uh, and uh, Owen said that you know that they were great and all the rest of it. I didn't ask him about what the phone situation was. He was more interested in uh, pointing out how excited everyone was about the two pint mega cups. 
that that were sort of there. Um, and I was like, oh, that's nice. The indie kids are sort of reliving their youth. It was Carling as well, apparently. So, uh, you oh know. wow, yeah, yeah. So we're talking <laughs> real indie era stuff. Um, anyway, digress. But yeah, no, you're right. It was. It felt like people were there for it. So yeah. So we're at Mattersville. I mean, what's the look at this for? You know, Mattersville maybe not for everyone because it's perhaps a, maybe a little twee or kitschy. But you've got Karina singing at the end of it. You've got her playing the uh, the mm-hmm. keyboard. It was the vibraphone on the original. But the last, let me see, one, two, three, four, five. The last five songs, the bruise. Yeah. Fucking a. When that started, it was that was a big thing. Uh, Don't call me white. The bruise into Don't call me white. I mean, come on. Yeah, man. Into bottles to the ground. Bottles to the ground. Brilliant. So good. That one is that one was great, and that where they sing it out of time and it comes back in time or whatever that is, yeah. just perfect, beautiful. Into Rico, great. Yeah, it was great, and I do you know like I think Rico's in a good position here. I think this is where I want it to be in the set yeah. list. Well, because it's because you've got because it's it's mainly and you know I think you know Hefe did his solo and stuff, and it was all. Uh, all really, really great. And then, uh, yeah, finished with theme from a NoFX album with uh, updated it. lyrics. Mm-hmm. We're, we're pushing 60, not looking so nifty. Or is it, yep. no, we're over 50, not looking so nifty. I think it was we're nearing 60. Oh, okay. I think. There was, yeah, there was that kind of stuff. Uh, there was um, new, um, new join-in stuff. There was Karina where she did some of her operatic stuff in there as well, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, I'm Karina and I can sing like this. And she did her little operatic stuff. Uh, John had a, a line in it. One of their other texts did as well. And um, yeah, lovely. Yeah, no, it was it was really delightful. And you know, like it, you know, it just sort of descends into what NoFX gigs descend into, which is just like a kind of a chosen family on stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a big fun blowout. Yes, and I think that's that's what because if you listen to theme for a no effects album on Pump Up the Valve, that's on Pump Up the Valve as well. I'm an idiot. I keep on <laughs> I sort of acting like theme from a no effects album was just a live thing. It's not really, but it feels more live than it does because theme for a no effects album on record sounds like a sort of a novelty because obviously it's polkery, it's got the accordion on it. Yeah, but live it actually makes so much more sense. Yeah, it does. Absolutely, it really does. And so hearing that Melvin doing is you know, and then you know ending, knowing full well that Melvin has got you know less than an hour to get from what is basically the suburbs of Leeds to the centre of Leeds. Leeds mm-hmm. isn't massive, but it's also got a stupid one way system that is just horrific to drive around, even late at night. He's uh, playing playing the accordion. You know, they go through it all. It goes into the punk rock bit. They play the 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 rocky stuff, and then when it finishes, it sort of fades out a little bit, and then da 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 starts up again. Yeah. And uh, Melvin will not be stopped. No, he will not. He and, will not be stopped. And every single time, someone put a towel over him, like James Brown. Yeah. Then sort of like try to tell him off and guide him off stage, and he's sort of get play, qu- playing quieter and quieter. He just marched back on with the, the biggest, stupidest fucking grin on his face, what playing it? it with renewed vigor, and it, it made me laugh 
all four times he did it. It's one of the things that really got me into no effects is like, I mean, when Eric Melvin just plays the clown. Yeah. Um, because there is some like genuine kind of almost performance art to it that I really yeah. appreciate. That it there is something um what's the uh, Goliere, is that the one? The, yeah, uh, absolutely. The, yeah, the yeah, clown absolutely school. Goliere. There is something of the repeating it with the same level of gusto in spite of it already being worn out, wait till it comes back round again. Yeah. And um, yeah, there is, there is something very naturally clown about it, which is, uh, yeah. But, but, and also at the same time, it's very strange because you see them all being very emotional whilst this is also happening, yeah. <laughs> which sort of really adds a layer to it. That was just, just sublime. And I, uh, yeah, I, I think if that's the way that I am going to be able to say goodbye to No Effects as a live band, I ten out of ten, no notes. Fair. <laughs> um, one track that w w we didn't mention actually, All which right. I was really looking forward to seeing, and I'm really glad that I saw it live finally. Uh, USA Holes. Oh yeah. Because I was expecting this quite early on in the set list. Um, you know, like obviously on Wolf and Wolf's clothing, I think it follows 60%, which is what they opened with. Yeah. Um, because they did 60% sticking in my eye, seeing double at the triple rock when it's on, on the album, it's 60% USA holes seeing double yeah. at the triple rock. Um, so really interesting to hear this song. And they, they, they did like a little bit of chat before this saying how mm. it's, it's the hardest song that they play. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if it's the hardest song they play across all of their albums, but it is in yeah. this set list. Yeah, yeah. They said it was um, the hardest song they were going to play this evening, yeah. Because I was listening to it on the way back from a gig the other night, and I was thinking, this is actually, I bet this is well fucking hard to play. Like <laughs> yeah. It's so fast. Um, and the, the, the timing is just like, seems insane. Yeah. And like, it was one of those songs, which I, I quite like No Effects for this, because they're a band who... They sometimes struggle through a song. Yeah. But that is brilliant. Like, I want to see a band, like, really pushing what they can do to try and get through a track that was always just meant to be an album track. Yes, that's the thing, is that sometimes, yeah, sometimes they'll come up with a... A band will come up with a song and be like, oh, that'll just have to remain on the album because there's no way we can achieve this live. I mean, you know, yeah. like with um, seeing Double at the Triple Rock, El Jefe has to play that with his guitar on his knee with his foot on the yeah. monitor because it, yeah, it's yeah. too low, which does suggest that they play all of, they record all of their things sitting down. Yeah, potentially. Um, so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the interesting uh, bit about that. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, no, uh, USA Holes was really, really good. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's really funny seeing Mike like really struggle to stay in time and play bass and sing on that. Yeah, but done admirably. Absolutely, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, there were a couple of missed things here and there. There were a couple of dropped whatevers, but I mean, nothing that you couldn't forgive because it was just so good. And, you know, they played much uh, better than they did on um they've actually gotten worse live oh like, yeah much yeah, less yeah. mistakes on on here 
Oh yeah, yeah. Some early on, but um Yeah, it's um but again, even then, none of them were catastrophic. No. Though none of them were sort of, you know, completely flubbed it. It was, you know, maybe singing the slightly wrong lyrics or or whatever, or, you know, basic tiny little timing issue. But again, I didn't want to see a, a perfectly robotic um, you know, perfect performance by no effects because well perfection doesn't exist but also perfect no effects performance is inherently imperfect yeah to my mind but yeah so properly uh yeah absolutely uh delighted with it really and um yeah it was a lot more emotional than i thought i might be and is there anything that you didn't hear on the day which is a disappointment um I suppose I'm telling Tim or Punk Rock Elite would have been obviously amazing to hear, but yeah. uh, you can't have everything, can you? No. Again, it it's um, it's not up to the. I I maintain it's not up to the crowd. Yes. To dictate what the performers do. Absolutely. And so whatever you get, you're grateful for. You went to see No Effects. We went to see No Effects knowing that they had promised to play these two albums. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, if anything, that's the only disappointment, mm-hmm. is that they were confined to playing specific albums rather than yeah. all the rest of it. But again, if they were doing a greatest hits style thing, that would have meant very similar set lists for them. And it would have meant that, you know, like you have to have ebbs and flows in a set list. You have to have high points and low points. And like, not that, you know, I, I don't think they played any like bad songs because, you know, no. there's still no effect songs, but like yeah. you do have to, you know, you, you, you get your linoleum and like leave it alone, sticking in my eye bottles to the ground. But then you do mm-hmm. also have to have punk guy, instant classic. Um, I don't know. My heart is yearning just for balance. Yes, I suppose. And also, aside from like the first few, I mean, there was basically nothing <clears throat> from before White Trash Yeah, on this particular one. I, they're not shy about their... What did they do from White Trash? They did... Don't call uh, me white. No, that's... Sticking in my eye. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh... Was it just sticking in my eye? It's just one from White Trash. Yeah, looks that way. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, 13 from Punk and Droblick, 12 from Wolves and Wolves Clothing, Uh, one cover, which is Perfect Government, Uh, one from Single, one from Self-Entitled, one from Coaster, one from 45 or 46 songs that weren't good enough to go on or other records. Oh, that must have been Drugs Are Good. Right, yeah. Uh, two, three Valum, three Errorism, twelve Wolves and Wolves clothing, thirteen Punk and Drop. Yeah, it's um. Oh, wow, I didn't realize there were so many, uh, so many of these. I think if I could make one addition, it would just be that after Theme from No Effects, they just did Dinosaurs Don't Die. Yeah, I think yeah that would, Dinos- that would be you know it. Yeah, dinosaurs would have been great. Um, but, you know, 
again, you you get what you get, and we're lucky that we got it. So absolutely. And what I will say as well, after having seen No Effects five times or so now, hmm. like we got No Effects at their best. Like they were having fun, they were playing the right notes, Without they were doubt, in yeah. good spirits, which they are not always. <laughs> I have seen Mike in a shitty, shitty mood. Yeah. <laughs> and and it does put a bit of a downer on the band for a little while. And I get it. People get into shitty moods, and I get it. You don't want to be doing the thing. But as much as I don't think that fans should dictate how bands arrange their live set lists and stuff like that, equally, if if you are supposed to be doing a thing, you should at least try to do it as well as you can. Yeah. I do. I, I understand both sides of it because, you know, we're both performers. We're both people who want to do what we want to do to the best of our ability. And there are always people, you know, from the get-go, I've been told in stand-up uh thing is stuff you do is all right but yeah you need some knob gags in there what are people gonna laugh at if there's no knob gags i'm like well i don't <laughs> really there's loads of knob gags around just i don't really have any because i didn't have anything to add to the already extensive oeuvre of <laughs> jokes about knobs you know it's um so that was my take on it i'm like yeah that's fine i just i just didn't really think of any when i was writing jokes but you know, and so I don't want that. But equally, I can't go out there and go. Uh, well, I don't think this is going to be funny. Yeah, because my job is to make people laugh. So mm-hmm. you've got to balance it, haven't you? Um, yeah. So um, so that's it. That's the last time No Effects will be doing that together. If if uh, if Mike is to be believed, and he's been fairly straight up about stuff to this point in his life, that yeah. And like they did make a big thing of it at the end. He said, oh, and by the way, this is actually it. We're not just going to come back in five, ten years. Like, like we actually mean it. This isn't some Ozzy Osbourne shit. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I believe him. Yeah. And and it's sad. I still wonder if he'll ever tour, you know, as Fat Mike. Well, I think... He wants to do like life coaching stuff. Oh, okay. He's talked about how he wants to. I mean, he's. I've seen in interviews where he's like, "I want to teach people how to be happy because so many people aren't happy, and it's not very difficult to be happy." You know, because um, everything I've done since whatever time has been in. Um, in pursuit of me being happy and it's just worked out that I've been able to do this as well. And da, yeah. da, 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 da. and then he started talking about getting pegged a lot. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if you can prescribe that. <laughs> I'm like, what's this sort of, you know, this sort of Ted talk thing where he's sort of going around going. So anyway, here is how you are happy, right? This is a dominatrix, right? Isn't she nice? Go see her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think he might have got distracted and started <laughs> sort of focusing on like what he enjoys, but without making it clear. Like, for example, I found out I really like this. So I just have that happen a lot. <laughs> but it did just sound like, uh, and, and here is uh, the pursuit, and this is how you get the happiness, right? 
go and see. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, it was just. Well, I don't think that's a excuse the pun. I don't think that's a one size fits all, Mike. There are some people who are really not going to enjoy that. That's not going to make them happy at all. That's <laughs> just how how it is. It's got to be right. You can't, you know. It's tea and coffee. Tea and coffee in it. A- apples and oranges. You can't. You're not always going to be. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but uh, so I think there's that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what projects they take up because I mean, Smelly's been making surfboards since the yeah. uh, pandemic and stuff. I know Hefe and his wife have got a record company. And so they've been doing stuff like that. Melvin's got his Melvin Acer and his DJing. I think he's also done like a life coaching course as well. And, and Oh, uh, wow. Like that, yeah. Well, I want to um, be... I want I want Eric Melvin as my therapist. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, that's it. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see. I mean... I know, uh, I know. I mean, she, she's a member of the band. I'm sure Karina will be fine because um, she's been doing loads of stuff anyway. Yeah. So you know that's all good. It's, um, but yeah, I was uh, I was quite sad on the drive home. I, I don't mind yeah. missing. Once I was sort of away from everyone, and it was just me and myself. Um, yeah, it was like that's something's ended. And yeah, it is. It is sad. like I don't know it's difficult to think of another band that I have as layered a, a relationship with. So like my favorite band is the Bronx. I really like the Bronx, mm. but like I don't have the same relationship that I have with the Bronx as I do with no effects because uh, I, you know, I, I love the Bronx's music, but like I love no effects as people. Yeah. And I feel like over the albums, I've really got to know them as people, despite having never met them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're, that's the thing that I really mourn is like them as like people playing together. I think um, it's them as a unit. Like if they said, oh, we're never going to play any of our earlier tracks again. We're just going to tour our new albums. Mm-hmm. I would still like that because I'd still like to see them live, like work together, whether I knew what they were playing or not. But um, the idea that they won't be doing that again is sad. I think, yeah, I think there's something... That collection of individuals, and as we've seen, well, as as is our position on this from, um, from the record episodes, it's when Hefe joins in that it's suddenly a thing it's like no effects have been going for 40 years yeah but no effects have only really been going 30 years yeah really. the no effects that we love not to denigrate the contributions of any of the previous members or the original members up to that point yeah but when no effects were finally able to be the no effects that they were looking to be it was because of Hefe. yeah i agree to my mind and and that rings very true having just watched him you know so so recently mm-hmm. and yeah i think um i think that that collection of people not playing together again live does feel like a great shame but it's better that than 
continue to the point where it may begin to diminish in quality, where it may begin to sow seeds of resentment, any of those things. I think that's where that's where um, the the problem could be because there are some bands now that you think, why are they still playing? Yeah. Who's that for? It's for a hardcore of fans who are willing to dismiss. I mean, right, one of my best friends in the world, Gav, he's a huge fan of Kiss. He's older than me, so it makes sense. He's, but he's just for whatever reason, Kiss were that band that introduced him to sort of rock music. And, um, and he's very much more of a fan of the sort of 70s, you know, peak era Kiss before the, uh, although he sort of got more into them in the 80s with the 70s stuff, you know. And he's seen three of their farewell tours because he, he never got to see them for the, just through fluke. He was never in a position where he could see them. And the first time he saw them was on their first farewell tour. And he's like, I get to see them finally. You know, it's like it didn't even matter. They could have been dog shit. He just got to see them and that was enough. And it's like, that's cool. I'm really happy for you. No, I don't want to go. Um, and now he's seen them on three final tours. And that's kind of sad. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to go. But equally, we know that, you know, their drums are replaced by a computer because Peter Chris can't play. Yeah, sure. He never could. They've got, you know, vocals are being doubled and backed up on, you know, backing tracks. They've got, you know, they've got a real karaoke show going off. Apparently... Elaine Page can't sing anymore. And when really? you go and see Elaine Page live, it's just a recording of someone else and she she mimes along. Tell me it's not true. Apparently, that's what I Say what it's heard. just a yeah. story. Say it's just pretend. Say it's just the... Sorry. I don't know. Some Blood Brothers there for you. Not the band. Uh, the <laughs> Willie Russell musical. Um, yeah, but that's happening. I mean, fucking um, Motley Crue who, you know, have always been shit, uh, mm-hmm. musically and personality-wise, obviously. Um, but they've been they've been giving people a load of shit over using recordings for to boost their live shows. And it's like, yeah, Nikki Six didn't play bass on the first, like, five records or something mad. It's like, <laughs> like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the guitarist just did it because <laughs> Nikki Six was, you know, shitter on smack. Wow. Well, at least when no effects, his drummer was on smack. He was still laying down proper solid grooves. Uh, anyway, <laughs> slagging off other bands. That's that's um, fun, but you know that's not what we're here for. Um, so yeah, any any closing thoughts? Uh, closing thoughts. Um, big shout out to the super laxed security at oh, the God. concert because it was dead easy to get my weed in. Oh yeah, uh, I didn't really have to think about it much. Kind of, I've um, basically it was in my pocket. Uh, they, they weren't patting anyone down. They were checking nope. through bags. Yep, yep. Um, so you know, pop what you want in your shoe. There were no sniffer dogs, which are sometimes at uh, slam dunk events. Oh really? Um, they might yeah. have been. They might have been at the weekend. They might have gone. Yes, they this, might have been. 
that it might have been the capacity or the number of tickets sold yes. might have been below a threshold. Yes, potentially. Whereby they didn't have to hire the sniffer dogs, which I imagine would again cut the... Um, I did see two police thing. officers as I entered the arena, but then I did never you? saw them again. I didn't see anyone. I didn't see anyone in like security things. I saw the people lined up in front of the uh, the uh, the stage and stuff for like crowd surfing control, but yeah, didn't see anyone wandering around on the inside. So I, as yeah, you know, only as I just as I entered, and it was just two, um, I suppose, beat cops. Yeah, yeah, um, just two regular just constables doing the rounds. But you know, I, I I didn't see them again, so I don't know how long they were there for. It's yeah, I you know a lot of you know a lot of people openly smoking and whatever and oh you know. yeah 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 oh no yeah no the um yeah no absolutely but um no but again no one particularly mangled no no everyone no, no. was everyone was uh, fairly well uh, everyone seemed to have fairly you know paced themselves fairly well and look if we were just going to see no effects I wouldn't have brought weed but it's a full day you know it's a full and it's a lovely day like it was a on. lovely day. <laughs> it was a very very nice day. The weather was beautiful, um, but yeah, oh, yeah, big shout out for that. The uh, the lack of wristbands as well. Interesting that, isn't it? Um, and we don't know what the situation was. I mean, because we planned to get in the arena, find our bearings, and then potentially go back to the car to grab some food or whatever. Yeah, um, drop stuff but, off that we didn't need, and you know. Yeah, but we weren't given any wristbands, so we actually didn't know if we'd be able to go back to the car and get back in. And what with the time being so tight between yes. bands, going to investigate that means potentially yeah. just sort of missing something. So, you know, yeah. the 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 toilets were right next to the tent, not right next, to, far enough away. You know, you could walk there in two minutes. It was the, so the that toilet was... situation was pretty good actually. There wasn't intense queues. Uh, the toilets weren't, you know, in an absolute state as they sometimes are at festivals. No, um, um, there were urinals um, for those standing pissers amongst us, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, very very handy. They were like those uh, ones that you get in Holland, you know, the ones that rise up out of the floor. They were yeah. like they weren't they weren't mechanicalized. They were just just big um, vats with four standing positions around them. Slightly more complex than that, but not much. Um, but that was very very handy. There was a water station as well, which I appreciated. Um, yeah. So you didn't have to spend two pounds fifty on a bottle of water every time you got thirsty no yeah that and and the security were handing out water at the front as well oh that's cool didn't spot that but yeah so uh yeah overall yeah so as far as uh general festival etiquette goes pretty great yeah pretty pretty great i mean it was a it was a well-run festival quite bare bones in places you know only two food stands two merch stands um you know then the main stage and yeah. that's that's kind of it yep but you know, I kind of get the feeling that again, not to bring it back to Brexit again, but I, my understanding is that touring specifically to this country is a lot more expensive than it used to be, and I feel yep. like maybe they were cutting some corners. And I don't think it detracted from. No, I agree. What, the 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 reason for being there that Be- because you, everybody you could get food, you could get water. Yes, the the it was you were shaded because the. The tent was out of the sun. You know, yes. the, the, everything was covered. And everyone was in really good spirits. And I think that yeah. was the most important thing. Like, people weren't out to ruin other people's days. People were, no. like, relatively quite considerate for a punk crowd. 
Although the woman who was there with her um, Fleetwood Mac t-shirt on and her visibly more excited partner, she might not have been having a great time, but she <laughs> no. was very supportive. Was, and so, yeah. Was she the one stood in front of us? I saw her walking in uh, at some point. She she was, and the rest of her clothes were kind of Stevie Nicks as well. Right. She she wasn't. I think she had like uh, like chunky heeled platforms on. <laughs> it's like sweetheart, come on. Oh, Lord bless. love you. It was a great look, but not practical. Not pr- oh no, not practical. No boots or, or trainers. Tell you what though. Um, uh, we'll we'll end on this back to again to uh, zero cost do check them out coming up and saying hello to us that was amazing that happened super early on and uh, yeah. really put a spring in my step um although um you got accosted several times more on account <laughs> of having a tank girl t- uh, pr- uh patch on the back of your jacket yeah i kept forgetting that i had a tank girl patch on the back of my jacket people keep stopping me and being like they just like grab me and then just like look at me like oh and I'd be like, what's happening here? And I'd be like, yeah. Tank Girl? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 she's good, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was, um, yeah, that was that was pretty good. And also, yeah, because if you've got a T-shirt on and someone points at it, then you look down and go, oh, yeah, I remember. But there's no way of pointing at someone's back when you're in front of them. So, yeah, it was just, <laughs> so there would just be this moment where they just sort of stare at you and be like, can you not? sense that i am a fan of it as well i was like no not really but yeah <laughs> yeah cool. yeah yeah. and then i felt like i'd been rude but i was like no i didn't they weren't they weren't verbalizing what was happening no no they were yeah it was very very strange people were trying to non-verbally communicate tank girl which is a hard one <laughs> yeah also you know quite so i wore my only no effects t-shirt to the gig um which is a no effects t-shirt with ronald reagan having sex with margaret thatcher on the front yeah, and it's it's been in my closet for years. It's discolored. It's too small. It's a horrible T-shirt. <laughs> I I'd kept it specifically to wear at No Effects' final gig, and oh, then really? I've promised my partner I will get rid of it. <laughs> Turn it into a cushion. That's a really good idea, actually. Yep. Hmm. So there you go. You can keep it, but uh, you won't wear it. I'm, ironically, I'm actually wearing my only No Effects T-shirt now. But it's uh, the 30 years anniversary tour, uh, which I didn't attend. I bought this T-shirt on Vinted uh, about three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> but I wore my Twilight Zone T-shirt because uh, because I'm currently going through something of a body-changing moment. And a lot of my shirts are too big or too small. And <laughs> so uh, I was just going with what I could fit into comfortably for the day. And comfortable I was. So, um, yeah, well, I don't think we'll bother with an outro for this one. Um, I don't know why we bothered with an intro. Um, <laughs> seems weird, but, um, yeah, that was no effects. If you if you were at Leeds um, or at Hatfield, for that matter, if you were at any of the UK shows, let us know what your experiences were. Punk yeah, we'd love to pop- hear, like, some stories from the day. Maybe you noticed something that we've not chatted about or... Yeah. Um, I don't know, you, like you, you thought a song really stood out. We, we'd love to hear people's views on this because... How were Comeback was... Kid? Yeah, I, yeah, let us know. We let literally know don't know. Comeback Kid was. <laughs> yeah, punkrockelitepodcast.gmail.com uh, or on the Insta. Um, yeah, we, we, we'd love to find out. Um, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, strange. Um, I'm still processing it. I yeah. think I will be for a while. It's I a don't weird think one. it'll ever really hit home. 
you know maybe it won't maybe it won't but anyway thanks a lot red thank you and we'll see you all later bye bye now goodbye thank you for listening to punk rock elite it was a pick scraped and fruitcake co-production by eddie french and red redmond if you're not following us on instagram or subscribe to the podcast please do the main theme and production was done by eddie french please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com thank you